Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here with my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara, fellow host. Hello. Hello, Rich. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you. Nothing like last week. We pushed the show back one day because we had scheduling conflicts and you get the sick bug <laughs> calling off work and stuff. I felt like crap. Yeah, I know. Goes with your looks. Thank you. You're I welcome. still feel a little bit like crap. Oh, what do you know? You still look like crap, too. Yep, thanks, man. Win-win situation. Yeah, I went back to work because I, I miss work on Thursday and Friday and I went back to work and... and um, my boss was like, I don't, you know, I probably shouldn't say this, but you actually still look like crap. <laughs> I was like, thanks. I really appreciate that. You'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> exactly. You walk into the office, everybody's whispering behind you like, oh, look at Matt, he's hideous. Just straight up hideous this week. Oh, yeah, I can't win them all. Trust I'll, me. I'll round back into form. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> so it's been a week and it's amazing how much stuff can happen to the week. It was the final week of most leagues, dynasty leagues, regular season. A lot of people are listening to this podcast, just like you, Matt, a bunch of losers right now. But some of them are like me, and they're sitting around like, yeah, I'm a winner. About to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, you agree with me? Mm-hmm. I was being facetious, but oh. okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes when I'm taking notes, uh, I'm not really listening to you. <laughs> so, um... In the meantime, like we're going to talk about today is just there's so much to go into because there's so many injuries, playoffs. One thing I always would like to remind people, like how we run our leagues, again, from playing Dynasty Fantasy Football for about a little over 15 years here, you learn a couple things. And one of the things I always want to, I always say every year for our new listeners is a good way to set up your league when it comes to the playoffs is when you do a 16 playoff is the first two teams get to buy and then the two bottom four teams play. Well, after those bottom four teams play, then you have a consolation prize for the losers playing for seventh and eighth place. Now, a lot of times, most leagues, they don't think about this. And then seventh, seventh or eighth pick. Not, seventh, to, not to be... Correct. You're right. The yep. seventh and eighth pick. And most people don't realize this where once you're in that, once you're in that game, you're like, dude, I don't want to win this game. I want the seventh pick, not the eighth pick. The best thing to do is change your rules up where that game is actually worth something. The winner of that game gets the higher pick. It's the higher draft pick. Yeah. Um, we've been doing that for about six, seven years now. It's uh, it's, it's a great, all our new leagues that we start um, or that I start have that same rule. Everybody loves that rule. I'm the only, I don't know anybody else that does that, but I highly, highly recommend that for your league. Um, prevents a mini tank in the postseason and also gives you something to play for. Exactly. After it, you just been, saddened by a loss you're out of the money in most leagues if, if you're playing you know you, you made the playoffs so you're not you know you're not getting the the automatic bid to your to the top six pick and and you're out of the money so you're kind of in a no man's land you have no you have no uh motivation to win unless you unless you play by our rules which which we we endorse fully yeah tell me we take the ball and go home yeah exactly so it, it's nice because definitely in this year or honestly every year not this year the difference between the seventh and eighth pick could be the difference between getting like Michael Thomas and not getting Michael Thomas. Could be the difference between getting Odell Beckham and not getting Odell Beckham. It could be that serious of a pick because you've seen guys. It could be the difference between getting Alvin Kamara 
and not getting Alvin Kamara right around pick seven. So you do that pick. It's a valuable pick right there in the middle. So it's a good rule to change. And then, of course, as we enter the playoffs here, you want to get into the playoffs healthy. And unfortunately, not only do we have a brash, a rash of injuries that have mounted up over these last couple of weeks, but we have injuries to star players and crucial running backs here. And some players aren't just injuries. Some people are just being cut all, all right. Outright. Outright cut. Get off so, my team. Um, let's talk about some juice here first. Obviously, the biggest news of the week is Cream Hunt. The video emerges of here, him here in Cleveland at the nine, shoved a girl over, pushed a girl pretty aggressively, uh, kicked her in the tuchus, uh, which is never smart. And follow that up by getting cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, pretty, I was pretty taken aback when he got cut. There was no way that I thought he was going to be cut by the Chiefs. I felt, I feel like a dumbass. Well, actually, take that back. I don't feel like a dumbass. But right before, right when he got announced that he was going to be put on the commissioner's list or the video came out, I made a trade for Kareem Hunt. Uh, I gave up Leonard Fournette, and I got back uh, 2022nd Josh Gordon and Kareem Hunt. I felt really good about the trade at the time. And then he got cut. And now I feel really bad about the trade. So right, I mean, you're going to be, you know, at this point, you're going to be without him, minimum the first six weeks. And and you know, from all all accounts and all reports, the NFL is currently investigating three separate incidences. The only one, only one, you know, the one with the video is is him, you know, assaulting a a, a woman. The other two, I think, were men. But still. Um, once you're cast in that light by the NFL, uh, they will start tacking on extra stuff for other incidences that that kind of that kind of shines a bad light on the shield, so to speak. So yeah, I see some people. It's weird because you got to be really careful, definitely these these days and age of what you say, right? Just of what's what. But to me, I feel like he definitely deserves a second chance. And I feel like that way in life with anybody. Like everybody deserves a second chance. The big thing here is too is like I can make a rebuttal is. You know, if you're going to let Joe Mixon play in the league, if you're going to let Tyreek Hill play in the league, if you're going to let all these guys, like, if you're going to let them play in the league, you got to let everybody play in the league. So people that are saying that Kareem Hunt's never going to play again, I think that's kind of foolish. I think he's going to play next year. I think he's going to play late in the season next year. I was going to say, I think it's going to be, you know, second half of the season. I could see them throwing a, a 10 game suspension on him. I could see him go in 10 game suspension too, but. If they act quickly enough, they they could tack it on to this year too, can't they? Can they give them the, like the four game, five, three couple games are on this year? Good question. I'm not really sure. Or no, because he's not on a team. He's not on a team, but other people serve suspensions while not on a team as well. So it's one of those things where um, I don't know exactly how that would work, and, and you know we'll have to wait to see. The NFL is never never really in these like big rushes or anything to get this no. stuff done. You know what I mean? And, and they're going to take their time. They're going to do their investigation. So, in my in my opinion, I think it's going to be you know till week eleven or something next week next year, when you know when we're going to see Kareem Hunt again. It's going to be a while. Yeah, but he's still really young, still talented. Uh, I would still go buy Kareem Hunt. I am still trying to acquire him and trying to get him for super cheap. Uh, fr- from strictly a fantasy football standpoint, it's not that much different than if he blew out his ACL right now. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. He would be going into next year as a big question mark. You wouldn't know exactly when you're going to get him back. He could end up on the pup list, and that's until week eight. It's from strictly a fantasy football standpoint. You you just look at it that way. That's the best. That's the best 
analogy I've heard yet. The best way to look at it is like, just imagine Cream Hunt towards ACL by being an asshole. Because uh, what he did is kind of a dick move. But again, we don't sit here. I and mean, we were sitting here just a couple weeks ago talking up Tyreek Hill, like how he's the number one fantasy receiver in all of football. And how, like, people forget pretty quickly. You know, there's going to be another shit move that's going to put people on the bottom list. Then we sit there and talks about Joe Mixon breaking some girl's jaw. Then we sit there and talks constantly about Tyreek Hill. So he'll get past this. Uh, but he needs to keep his damn hands to himself. And definitely don't touch a woman. I mean, it's pretty common sense. Definitely. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, My I, motto is don't hit anybody. It's pretty simple. It just don't hit, There's no good that ever comes from hitting somebody. It's, you're going to hurt your hand. If I, even best case scenario, you're going to hurt your hand. <laughs> Why would you want to do that? Got a bruised ass hand. Or broken hand. Dumbass cream hunt. People do dumb things. I was young. I did dumb things. I punched people sometimes. I drank a little too much. Somebody said something about my ugliness and... Boom. That's one, not even true. I don't even think that's even true. One care. thing leads to another. I couldn't tell you the last time I got in a fight. I've known you a long. I've, I know you, I've known you a long time, and I don't think I've ever seen you fight. Yeah, I think it was high school. That was right. over twenty years ago. That was over twenty years ago. So, Cream Hunt. Like, what do you think? Like, I've seen so many trades go out there for Cream Hunt. I mean, literally, they're all over the place. Would you be comfortable giving up a 2019 first for a Cream Hunt? Yeah, I think you know exactly what you're going to get, and a 2019 first is a is a shot in the dark at this point. Yeah, I'm 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 needle in the own. If I'm I am a cream hunt owner in a different league, I wouldn't sell like unless somebody's offering me like the trade I made, like Leonard Fournette for Cream Hunt, and then like a second, you know, like on top of that, like if I had to give up a little bit more to get Fournette. Um, but at the same time, I'm not getting rid of Cream Hunt. Why would like you said? Why would you? It's, he's not going to be banned. He'll be back. He's young. He's talented. I think he's. What if he lands on the Eagles? What if he lands on a good team? Yeah, no. Th- there's there's so many possibilities as to you know landing spots and and everything. I mean, obviously he was in a great great offense, but like you said, I mean the Eagles exact same offense. They're obviously in need of a running back as well. That that is a very you know likely possible landing spot. Um, the so Colts. The the Colts. I mean, I'm it, he's a definite hold. The Colts are the Colts are another you know same offensive tree and everything. So it's Le'Veon Bell is going to Colts. By the way, I said that one nine months ago. Well, I mean, it, it, you got to look at the Colts situation on, on, the, on the cap and everything. Can they? Oh yeah, can they, they withstand it? Third most cap space, okay. I think. So, yeah, I, could, I couldn't. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. I was Jim Irsay loves running backs because Kareem Hunt's going to become coming at a, a big time discount compared to Le'Veon Bell. Big time discount. Do you think this actually like him monetarily wise? Because he was on a he was a third round pick on a rookie contract. Like now he can go sign any contract. Like he can go sign a one year contract for X. You know what I mean? Like he might be able to make monetarily. He might be able to make more money this way. Hmm. That's odd. I never thought of that. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he was on that third round rookie contract. Yeah. Now he's gonna be a free agent. Granted, he's gonna have to, you know. He's going to be on a prove-it deal, yeah. But so it's for him hard. to prove it, like, okay, I'll sign a one-year or two-year, you know, a one-year deal, but then, like, I'm going to prove it, and then he's going to get paid quicker, possibly. Right. I don't know. Could be. I mean, it could be. Um, yeah, that's 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 one angle of it I'd never even consider. But he's somebody that, like, again, when he came out of the draft, we loved him. Um, oh, absolutely. Talent-wise. Yeah, yeah. Still talented. He went to a really good offense, which made him a top-five dynasty asset running back. That ta- that talent will still translate to another team. He's that good. The balance, his running style, everything he does is really good. So oh, yeah. no matter where he goes, it's going to be really good value. And if you can have the patience and you d- you're running back away, start making those trade offers. See what you can get for Cream Hunt. Try and go draft picks is what I would try to get. You know, people want a twenty twenty first for Cream Hunt. Absolutely, you're going to take a twenty. 
if you were thinking running back in the 2020 draft class, I just made a tra- I've been making a lot of trades this week. I gave up uh, a late 19 first this year and a late 2021st for Dalvin Cook. Okay, I feel comfortable with that because Absolutely, yeah. I was going to take Dalvin. I was going to take a running back in the 2020 class, anyways. Why not get a really sweet one like Dalvin Cook? And and he'll help you for the next two years, and you know that pick is just going to keep getting bumped down just because of the production you're getting out of that guy. Exactly. So if you give up a 2021st, which in most dynasty communities right now really value. Now again, I'm trying to give up my 19st for Cream Hunt, and then maybe a 2022nd if they're playing a little bit hardball on it, um, or maybe a couple of players I don't I want to get off my roster. But even if it came down to it, like, hey, give me a 2021st, and I'll give you Cream Hunt. I'd have no problem doing that whatsoever. I'm with you, man. That, that's it. That's that's fair trade right now. And, and you know, um, like I said, I, I think he's going to be coming back and it'll be sometime next year. So on the flip side of that, you have Spencer Ware and you have Turk Hendrick West, who they just signed. I want to put this service note service out there right away. Public service announcement. That's what I was looking for. A little yeah. uh, PSA. Please don't go out there and be foolish and overspend for Spencer Ware. Please. I saw somebody in one of my leagues that gave a 2021st for Spencer Ware. That, that to me, is crazy. Lunacy. To but, Colleen. But, Co- our friend but, Colleen got but it. But could do whoever was able to get that for it, him. Yeah, I, mean. I wrote her right away. I was like, look at you doing good things out there. Yeah. And she was all happy about it. And I was like, that's bravo to you because Spencer Ware is not even worth the 2022nd. I, <laughs> I owned Spencer Ware last year, and I traded him to the Kareem Hunt owner. For like a fifth round pick, because I was just I just needed roster space. I was like, here you go, man. I'll just take basically nothing for him because I mean he's just he's, he's mediocre. Just, he's just a guy. He's just a guy. I was gonna cut him. You know what I mean? Like he was on the bottom of my roster. I was gonna cut him to make room to bring up guys for my taxi squad. So I decided to just take the fifth round pick for him. And and this is this actually goes to so Spencer Ware comes in. He has fourteen carries for forty seven yards. He he got a touchdown which saved his day. He had one catch for five yards. Right. That's Spencer Ware right yep. there. And people like want to, and this is what I'm saying about Kareem Hunt, how he's talented. People want to say, "Oh, well, he was on that Kansas City offense, and that's why you know they they were so he was so good." No, he was he's a really good running back who's on a really good team. He helps propel that offense to get where get it where it needs to be. Spencer Ware is not that guy, right? I'm not giving up anything for Spencer Ware at all. You know, if I was desperate, I'd give up a I'd give up a second round pick, a 2022nd second round pick to. If I was in the playoffs and I had Cream Hunt, I would be willing to do that. Right. That, that's that's the limit of me what I'm going to give up. But what's uh, yeah? There's I, I don't see the logic in giving up a first round pick just because it's not like Spencer Ware is going to be the running back there of the future. You nope. know what I mean? Like he's not going to be there. They're just going to they're going to draft a guy that they think fits their system. Yeah, and whoever they draft, guess what? He's going to get a huge bump. Right. And these dynasty rankings exactly. come up. They take David Montgomery out of Iowa. Yeah. 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 He's going to go top five in your rookie draft, possibly one overall, which would be sweet because you're going to pump down some of these receivers. But that's now all of a sudden position that you're going to like a lot. It's going to be a bump into into these rookie rankings. But Or maybe they sign somebody, but you're right. Spencer Ware is not worth trading for anything valuable, at least. And right. hopefully you're able to get him as a backup before all this went down. Or hopefully – you were able to ride it out. And I know we say, hey, go all in to win, but don't go all in foolishly. Don't go all in. If you're going to give up a lot, at least get a quality. Like, I have no problem this time of the year slightly overpaying for a good player, like an Antonio Brown, Mm -hmm. a player like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not going to overpay for a short-lived 
moment. You know, I'm not overpaying for a guy like Spencer Ware, which I'm literally only going to hope he does well for the next two weeks, three weeks. Right. You're, you're not going to give up a first-round pick because you're going into the playoffs, and then you're going to get crappy production out of Spencer Ware and be done with the playoffs in one week. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's you basically gave up a first-round draft pick for nothing. Like for nothing. Literally throw, nothing. Throw it, flush it down the toilet. You look back. I've seen this happen so many times. Yeah. And then you look back three years from now, I'm like, what? I gave I gave up what? Mm-hmm. Or you look back, I'm like, wow, I gave I got this for him. Mm-hmm. Sweet, good right. job out of me. Yeah, you can go all in, but you gotta you gotta know how to do it for quality. Like yep. you know, an older player, right? Like you go all in for a Julio Jones, you go all in for an Antonio Brown, and mm-hmm. you overpay with those draft picks and maybe a young guy you like, but you know that guy is gonna help you win the ship. That's what you do. You don't go all in, Chuck Kendrick West and Spencer Ware. So. If you've been contemplating going after Spencer Ware, don't do it Please. unless he's free. Yeah. Um, more news and notes. Melvin Gordon might play this week. He might not play this week. I'm playing you in our 15-year-old Dynasty League. I desperately need Melvin Gordon. And I would really like you to not have Melvin Gordon. I would really like to get him Because I would like to be able to start Austin Eckler. Yeah, my uh, – oh, that's oh, that's right. be a double burn. Oh, wow. Double burn, Yes. So here's my running backs going into the year, mm-hmm. right? Matt Breda, yeah, Le'Veon Bell, Ooh. Melvin Gordon, oh my gosh, Leonard Fournette, wow, and Carryon Johnson. You're so loaded, loaded at running back. You are loaded, loaded at running back. Uh, my starting running backs last week were Matt Breda and Chris Ivory. <laughs> How many points did you get out of those two? I got like four, <laughs> four points, Matt. Ouch, man. Yeah, it was a burn. Uh, Chris Ivory got point. Four points, Ooh. I think, somewhere on those yards. Yeah, thanks for nothing. Nothing, dude. Yeah, um, he's bad. So depth is important. So I play you this week. Melvin Gordon might play. He might not. Uh, right now, I, I'm, I'm telling you, everything I'm reading, I'm slightly optimistic. I, I, I don't know. I haven't been reading. I actually asked you if you thought he was going to play. <laughs> <laughs> but you're like ever the optimist. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to have to uh, – injury reports come out tomorrow, right? Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll that will all clear up after that. He's day-to-day. And I saw a report over the weekend saying the Chargers are optimistic that Melvin Gordon was going to be back sooner rather than later. Well, you don't get much sooner than this Sunday, guys. <laughs> come on. Line yeah, them up. Yeah, yeah. Bring they, them to me. Who they're playing? They're playing – I have no idea. Okay. All right. They're playing – any, I don't care if they're playing 85 Bears. Just come back to me, baby. All right. I, I need you desperately. I got it here. Hold on. Yeah, they're playing the Bungles. So the Bungles. Oh, are the worst run defense team in the league. Second worst. 31st. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Please <laughs> come back to me. I need him and Fournette to go wild on them. So hopefully Austin Eckler can just go nuts. So if now you have Austin Eckler. Austin Eckler didn't even look that great. Honestly, Justin Jackson looked better than Eckler. Uh, with Jackson finally getting a good opportunity to run there. Um Looked pretty good. Looked a little bit like when you looked when you watch Justin Jackson's like highlight reels in college, how he ran like upright, pretty fast and explosive out there. He looked pretty good. He looked like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I had to chick, if I had to pick between the two, honestly, of those guys to play, I would actually pick like if Melvin Gordon sat, I would like give me some Justin Jackson this week. Give me a little JJ. Well, I don't dynamite. Have, I don't have that option, so um, I'll just stick with Austin Eckler who. Has a propensity for big plays. So, you know, hopefully he can break one against the crappy Bengals. I hope not. Really badly. Didn't the Bengals give up a 90-something yarder to, uh, was that uh, Chubb's 90-something yarder against the Bengals? 
I don't know. Okay. Don't what know. kind of memory do you think I have here? I don't know. Didn't I just mention how old I am and hideous? Uh, you were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Very getting really old over here. Um, so he's he might be back. He might not. If not, like I said, I like Justin Jackson as a nice sneaky play. Matt Breda is another guy I have. He's out now this week with an ankle injury. It was not, by the way. It was not because Chubb only had eighty-four yards against him. So definitely didn't break off an nope. ankle. Nope. I was at that game with my kids. That was the Falcons. Game. Falcons. Yes. yes. I was on the field. Met Joe Thomas. Nice. And Arthur Blank. Um. So Matt Breda, he's out this week with an ankle injury. Did you tell him Home Depot sucks. I, no, because I love Home Depot. Yeah, so do I. Way, way more than Lowe's. He's way better than Lowe's. Yeah, like they're almost the exact same store, but like I'm a Home Depot guy. Yeah, me too. Take me to the depot. I've been to. I go to Home Depot almost every day of my life for work. Obviously. For work, yeah. But like, like I can, like I could work at Home Depot. Like he'd be like, "Where's this?" I'm like, "Oh, aisle four, <laughs> top shelf, third row, right in the middle of there." Because they're all the same, most of them. You know, it's like I know where. You ever me, go in one of those backwards Home Depots? What do you mean? Where you just come in and the whole store is set up backwards from the one that you're used to, and but it's like a mirror image, and you're it just totally screws you up. They're different. Um, I don't re- recall the ones that throw me off a little bit are when they have the tool section in the very front. Been to the one out over in Chardon. That one is totally backwards. Nobody has no idea where Chardon is. Well, you do. Yeah, well, I do. All right. Well, that one's totally backwards. I don't go to that one. All right. Um, let's move on. Nobody cares about our shopping. Good, <laughs> good point. Let's. Um, so Matt Breda's ankle, he's out. And uh, so Jeff Wilson, Jeffrey Wilson, will be the undrafted re- free agent. I think he was from northern Texas, somewhere around there. Came in, had a pretty decent game. 15 mm-hmm. carries, 61 yards, had eight catches of nine targets for another 73 yards, I think, somewhere around there. That's a productive fantasy day. Could make him a top 12 play this week. I highly recommend make, checking your waiver wire to see if Jeffrey Wilson's on there. I'm sure most leagues did it. He's probably not on your waiver wire because a lot of people jumped on that, but you never know. I know I waited up last night till after the game to go pick up Jeffrey Wilson because I have Matt Breda, and MFL wouldn't let me pick him up. We have some. Dude, that, it's 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 whack. It's very whack at times. Um, the, so the, the waiver wire slash free agent thing is weird. It's really annoying. So, Jeffrey Wilson, San Francisco 49 and a running back, just shows you kind of like, you know, Matt Breda has had a pretty solid year, Mm -hmm. unexpectedly. High hopes that we had for Jarek McKinnon, who they signed. Jeffrey Wilson comes in, has a productive game. It just shows you, you know, that Kyle Shanahan offense is extremely friendly when it comes to running back. Even going back to the Atlanta days with Devontae Freeman. I was going to say, I feel like we've been talking about this for a few years now. Um, It's just a very running back friendly it goes back to even his his father uh you know in denver and everything it's just a very running back friendly system you want to get a piece of it as long as you know back in the the mike shanahan days if if one of those guys you know fumbled he'd be in the doghouse and then he'd just switch up automatically and 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 find another thousand yard find find another thousand so it was a little bit frustrating with mike shanahan whereas kyle seems to at least stick with the guys a little bit more and it's a little bit more understanding of you know slip ups like fumbles and stuff like that he doesn't automatically shelf the guy um so it seems like he's it's a little bit more stable but unfortunately it's just been injuries um to his running backs that have kind of you know shuffled the deck a little bit but any it seems that any running back that they have they they know what they're looking for and any running back that they pick for that system seems to work out pretty well. It's and it's really a lot of people are shocked with the kind of money Jarek McKinnon got because Kyle Shanahan thinks he's a perfect fit for his system. Right. Which brings me to the point: you think 
Do you think with all these trades as a forgotten man, do you think now then where these teams are making that push is a really good time to go get Jarek McKinnon to the point of, okay, so not Jarek McKinnon. Like if say the San Francisco drafted a running back in the second round, like I feel like that's a guy I'd want to go out and overpay for early, which goes back to like, you know, my saying of saying what looks like an overpay now comes to steal later. Like, Hey, you know, I'll give you a 2020 first and this for this running back just because I know he's going to be solid for sure. Right, he's mm-hmm. in his system. He's going to be good. Jarek McKinnon, Kyle Shanahan's already said they're going to bring him back. They're going to use him and Breda together, and he already knows how he wants to use them, which makes me think, you know, that uh, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman role, where they're both running back ones there. Right, right, absolutely. So, and probably put in McKinnon more in his element of the pass catching back alone, which is going to he's going to see eight, nine, ten targets a game probably every game and to me i like this dual combination they'd have of breda and mckinnon because it's gonna keep mckinnon healthier fresher and put him in that pass catching role which is i'm gonna love which keeps you know obviously christian mccaffrey can do that but that christian mccaffrey can handle himself as a running back one strictly in that role and, and let's face it they don't have a ton of pass catchers either so i mean that's just gonna no. be good for their offense it just makes logical sense i mean they they basically have george kittle I mean, Marquise Goodwin hasn't stayed healthy. Obviously, the quarterback situation will be completely different as well. So it's going to be a vastly different team. Next they have year money coming too. back. Yeah, they have a lot of money. Um, so it, it is something that that is exciting. And and yes, I, I mean, I do think it's a good time. I think it's been long enough that he's been injured. Um, you can get him. And and the person the you know depending on the team, they may be if they're if they're making a playoff push. It, he may be a piece that they're willing to get rid of because they haven't had him all year. You know what oh, I mean? I bet a lot of teams are willing to get rid of him. For exactly. Sure. So, um, what do you think? I mean, what do you think here? Because um, I'm under the feeling now, like I think it's a good time to make a strong push for McKinnon. Like I am willing to gamble on those points where if I'm a contender, I'm okay with giving up. And I, and I guarantee most people are going to disagree with me on this, but I'm okay still with getting up a late 19 first for Jarek McKinnon. I'm fine with that too. I'm not sure, you know, I mean, obviously the motivation isn't the same as what I was just talking about. Like, you, you know, I was kind of thinking if you're out of it, you'd be able to go snatch him and then, uh-huh. and then be able to use him for next year. So maybe like if you're out of it, people think it's to be a high second. Your team's out of it. You go. You think you can get him for a, like a high nineteen second, and then you threw in a twenty twenty second. You'd probably have to do a couple of seconds. Yeah, um, I think it's a good point. If you're, okay, so if you're out of it, let's say this. So if you're out of it, you offer your second this year, and then you offer a twenty twenty second, and and just see if the guy bites. I mean, it's been a long time, and Jarek McKinnon is a he's a very unknown you know, the commodity out there yeah. basically at this point. I mean, he he's only had like the one year where he filled in for Dalvin Cook last year and then then he got signed to a nice contract, but he hasn't done anything in San Francisco. And so. people could be thinking, well, you know, Matt Breda came out here, he's played well. Right. That's gonna hurt McKinnon's value as well. He's just gonna be a PPR guy. And some people might think, well that PPR guy doesn't hold value. Where I look at it, like it increases value because it keeps you healthier. Mm-hmm. Um less chance of getting hurt out there and then I'll take all those eight to nine targets per game as well. Yeah, I'm okay with doing it. What if he came back and he's like, dude, I need I need your first this year, and you have the sixth overall pick. You just missed the playoffs. My my rebuttal would be like, okay, I'll give you I'll give you the sixth overall pick. I'll give you my first, but I want McKinnon and I want your twenty twenty second. 
then I, I I would feel I would feel fine doing that. You would? Yeah, I, I would do that. Yep. I think so too, because then you're gonna you're gonna second round pick in 2020, which would be a nice deeper class, and then you're getting that running back one. Definitely, if you need running back help. Mm-hmm. So I think so. We both agree now is the time to go out there and get McKinnon. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's a really good get, um, and I think from this point going forward, just a little asterisk. Uh, any running back that will be in that system under any circumstance, unless your name is Alfred Morris, well, yeah, is somebody that I want. There but are we, there are limits. But we knew that wasn't going to be good, right? No matter what, even right. when he got like we knew that wasn't going to be well. Even my TV show when it, when people were like everybody else was preaching, uh, Alfred Morris is the back to own, and I was even on Twitter I was like, Alfred might be the guy to own early, but Matt Brady will be the guy you want to take. So then that turned out to be true. Yep. Um, let's move on here. Uh, Greg Olson out for the year, ruptured his plantitis, fictional Fasci- Harry Potter, fi- <laughs> fascial plantar. Or something. I, yeah, I can't even say it either. Yeah, he it's his foot. It's, it's, bad his, again. it's a ligament in his foot. Yep. Same thing he did hurt before. Right. The dude's done. He's toast. He's toasty waters. Yeah, I would be very surprised if he didn't retire. We said that last time. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just would. I mean, at this point, it's it seems. You know these these injuries are mounting. They're almost never ending. It seems like with him, it's been once a year for what like the past three years, and he's been like doing a whole bunch of TV and everything like that. I I would be surprised if this wasn't the year that he hung it up. But okay, who knows, man? Speaking of foot injuries, AJ Green ends the year again with a toe injury. Yeah, yeah, toe uh, torn ligament in his foot. Had he had surgery, he'll be out three to four months. Good timetable to do it now. Yeah. Are you sure. worried about OJ, OJ Green at this point now at 30 years old? Her, same injury that cost him last year, cost, cost him again this year. So this is back-to-back years when you get to the end of your playoffs, uh, making a championship push where you don't have AJ Green. That's got to burn a little bit if you're AJ Green owner. I know I'm an AJ Green owner. Does that burn? Um, yes, it does. I I'm in a I I own AJ Green and it was on a team where I've decided that. I'm not in like a total rebuild mode, but I'm I'm gonna need to acquire some assets and and he was I've I've shipped off one guy, and I was thinking about trying to ship off AJ Green as well to get something for him. Nobody and, wants to pay for him. And then no, I mean, and then all the and then the injuries started the mounting. You know what I mean? So I did, I waited too long to try to get rid of AJ Green, um, unfortunately. So I mean, it's a, it's a not. I don't think it's worrisome because. The production is there. Like when he came back this year, he produced mm-hmm. high double digits, you, you know, high teens to the to to twenties like every single week. He's so consistent; it's ridiculous. So I mean, it's it's not like Father Time got him, but the injuries are starting to mount a little bit. And when you get to thirty, those don't get better. No, they um, don't. But so, he's he is um, he's a generational talent. Right. So him. Julio, AB, when you talk about 30, those are the kind of guys that can get you past 30. Those are kind of guys that are playing well. Think Larry Fitzgerald, right? 32 years old and still playing at a high level. Um, so I still like him for the next two years, you think, on AJ? I think so, yeah. I, I made a trade right before you came over. I gave up uh, for I, – I missed the playoffs, just one of those random things. I have a good team, just point-wise, not point, but record-wise didn't work out. Just I missed the playoffs by three yards, mm. literally three yards. Point three points is why I missed the playoffs on. And uh, I traded AJ Green or uh, Antonio Brown for my other receivers are Tyree Kill and DeAndre Hopkins. 
And I traded Antonio Brown for AJ Green, Jameis Winston, which I needed. I had Drew Brees, but I needed another young quarterback there. And I still love Jameis going forward, by the way. He's a, to me, still a lead quarterback. Mark Andrews in a 2022nd. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't see eye to eye with you on Jameis Winston, but um, yeah, fine. I mean, you, you got you got some good stuff at least. Yeah, it's a nice little swap. I yep. s- you don't have to see eye to eye with me, Jameis. I still, he's still an elite fantasy quarterback. All right. When it comes down to it, when he plays, when he's not eating W's or stealing crab legs. I just think he's a, a, he's a knucklehead. Fucking idiot. But, you know, he's 24. He, a lot of time ago, <laughs> I probably wasn't the same thing when I was 24, I think. <laughs> I don't remember. It was too long ago. Yeah, um, I, I just think he's not, yeah. He's not particularly bright in my eyes. Moving on, James Conner. So James Conner leaves the game, and they go, hey, it's not big. Nah, nothing big, just a contusion. Yeah, right? like it's a mild. It's not that mild. It's a contusion. And then today they come out, oh, James Conner's out next week. It looks like it's not good. It's like an ankle sprain. It, and I heard high ankle sprain. Ooh, that's really not good. Yeah, so it's it's the um, Jalen Samuels. Stephon uh, Ridley. Yeah, Stephen Ridley. Did you see me pick him up in our league that we placed each other? Who, Ridley? Yeah. Oh, did you? Nice. I looked at the waiver wires to see what running backs were available. Just him. Just him. So I picked him up, and I'm like, so I'm here. So if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, here are my options, right? Stephen Ridley. Stephen Stephen Ridley. How do you say his name? Shit Ridley. <laughs> uh, and and uh, Chris Ivory. You got to go Ridley, right? Don't tell me what to do. <laughs> Melvin Gordon's playing. Trying to get in your head. <laughs> so, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'll figure it out by Thursday, though. So, James Conner's out. And if it's a high ankle, he's out for a couple weeks. Yep. And there which goes gonna your screw, fantasy dreams. I was gonna say, which is going to screw a lot of people because he, you know, obviously he, he kind of came out of nowhere, might have brought some, some teams that weren't necessarily – all that great kind of into some playoff contention or people. I bet a lot of Levy and Bell owners. I was going to say, or, or people jumped on the bandwagon and, and overpaid, you know, thinking that he was going to help him win, help him win. Because once Levy and Bell passed that franchise, you know, tender deadline or whatever, then they thought, Hey, James Conner is good to go for the whole year. Yeah. I'm going to trade for this guy. And then all of a sudden it comes playoff time and this guy's going to be missing time. What a burn, right? It what is. a burn. That's even a worse burn if you made that trade like last week for your playoff push. Some people do that, man. So yeah. You trade for Cream Hunt last week. Ugh. Oh, burn. Disco Inferno style. Yeah. So you got Jalen Samuels there. None of those guys are really that great either. It's going to be a committee show. Both of them are kind of doo-doo butter. I'd take Jalen Samuels. I've seen Samuels. He doesn't look that bad between the tackles. He's and he, okay. He and catches he, the ball he well. He catches the ball really well. But he's just okay. But that Pittsburgh offense usually could make something look better than it is, I yeah, guess. I, I agree with that. Samuels I, I would I would want Samuels as the guy to play. Well, yeah. I mean, of all the waiver wire guys, that's a guy I would like to pick up and get in my – but he doesn't, like, excite – like, I, I'm not going to the playoffs going, yeah, I'm feeling good about this. You know what I mean? No, I'm, I'm with like you I'm there. tingling. I'm not going from 6 to midnight in that one. No, definitely not. I mean, there's there's been no reason to think, you know, there's there's not been a, a sample size to know, you know what I mean? But this is going to be him get, probably getting the majority of the stuff. So I think it's at least – he can at least be a flotation device. Okay. Yeah, all right. That makes sense. Uh, more injuries. Let's get through some of these. Christian Kirk. Broken foot, done for the year. See ya. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, it's a disappointing, you know, because I think he was starting to come on a little bit. Um, but 
you know, he'll be there again next year. Who knows what's going to happen with the the shakeup? It sounds like that they may they may blow that whole organization up. So you know, there might be a new new head coach, new GM. Could be. They do have a lot invested there in Kirk um, as well, and Larry Fitzgerald. We don't know how much more we'll see of him. So nice. He showed more than you liked him more than I. I did like him more than you did. Like I'm just I'm still okay on him. Like he showed some upside. To me, he's always going to be. Like, I think his ceiling's like a mid-range wide receiver, too, which is really good. Yeah. That's a ceiling. But right. he doesn't – like, I'll never own Christian Kirk in any dynasty leagues unless he's like a throw-in, and then I'll trade him. <laughs> um, Let's move on, shall we? Yep, keep um, going. Who else? Colt McCoy gets hurt. Colt McCoy got it. Yeah. Um, broke his leg. Broke his leg. Dirty Sanchez is in there now. Yeah, for now they're going to sign Josh Johnson. Johnson, who hasn't thrown a ball since 2011. Josh Johnson in a game he threw he threw a ball in 2011. It was a while ago. Oh right, was it the, um, was it with the Browns? Mm, was he on the Browns briefly? Um, Tampa. It was probably with Tampa, wasn't it? Probably for Tampa, dude. All right. Um, it's him, and then uh, Malcolm Brown broke his collarbone, done for the year. Uh, you know, John Kelly, I think, is the. the I still like him as a stash. Yeah, not a bad stash. But still buy low John guy. Kelly will be the guy going forward. I think is the backup. And then, um, so here, and I, I want to say this too, and for all the people out there that, and there are people out here, they're going to tweet like, oh, now they have to sign Colin Kaepernick. They got, now we haven't spoken on this in a while. Cause again, so this has nothing to do with whatever he's doing. He wants to be a political activist. It's great. I'm all for that. You know, whatever he's supporting, I'm all for that though. But every time I see these tweets about some team should sign Colin Kaepernick, I'm like, no team should ever sign Colin Kaepernick. It has nothing to do with what he believes in. It's because he's a terrible quarterback. He can't hit the broadside of a barn. And it's if not any, very accurate. If anybody's been listening to this podcast since day one, I, when, when, they, when the 49ers signed Colin Kaepernick to his extension, I went on a rant and said, that is the worst idea ever. He's a terrible quarterback that could throw the ball far and could, be in, in, he could run. You know, he's a mobile Jamarcus Russell, essentially. And I thought when they signed him that extension, I thought it was a terrible idea. And guess what we got? The guy who had the crystal balls was right. And listen, any team that's going to sign Colin Kaepernick, not only they get a guy who hasn't played football in a while, who's probably not even in tip-top shape, they're going to get a media circus that comes with it for a guy that turned down a contract from Denver that probably wants more money than he actually deserves. No team should ever sign Colin Kaepernick because he's terrible. I, I thought I read somewhere today that that Coach uh, Jay Gruden came out and said that he wasn't going to sign him basically because it was like one of those Too, things. They need to make a play, like Josh Johnson who hasn't thrown a pass. <laughs> right, like he he made some weird excuse like, oh, there's no way that he could get our playbook down in time. But then he signed like, you know, Dirty Sanchez has been there like two weeks. Yeah, and, I know. <laughs> and is playing, and Josh Johnson will be coming in off the streets. It's just so again, it's just I have nothing against. Colin Kaepernick at all, personally? Yeah, me neither. I just, I, I, I'm with you. I don't think he's a very good quarterback, and the juice, obviously, um, not worth the squeeze for NFL teams. Exactly. I mean, at this point. So don't, don't ever like. Every time I see that, like when I see these people, like, like you know, the blue check mark saying, "Oh, now they got to sign Colin Kaepernick." I just want to scream at him, like, "No, no team should sign Colin Kaepernick. No team should sign Brandon Whedon." No, yeah, you know, who I have a I have a long list of Browns quarterbacks that no team should ever sign. No, okay? no team should sign 
Mark Sanchez, but they did. Yeah, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> nobody should sign Mark Sanchez. Mark, Mark Sanchez. Nobody should. Right. Oh, what a show, Matt. What a show. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Please. So, uh, Deontay Foreman's back. Yeah, they activated him. It sounded like that. I mean, that was kind of wishy-washy. Um, they weren't committing to him, and then all of a sudden, boom, he's back. So I, I honestly thought that he wasn't going to come back this year the way that they were talking. So Me too, but he's back. We'll see. Lamar Miller's actually playing pretty well lately, so um, having a nice here late-season surge. Uh, but he'll be a nice ground-and-pound change of pace back going forward. I agree. But it's hard to come back from that Achilles. Second biggest news of the week, I would say. I know. I can't believe we left this – so long way to go through all the injuries first good point there are, yeah there's <laughs> so, all that so andre holmes gets released by the bills and kelvin benjamin oh my gosh tubagoo gets cut himself matt when asked for comment kelvin benjamin replied with a mouthful of cheeseburger i'm reading my tweet what I'm doing. <laughs> let me start over i'm reading my tweet and laughing <laughs> at my own joke when asked for a comment kelvin benjamin replied with a mouthful of cheeseburger it's all good we still don't know if he was talking about the burger or the release. I then tossed him a napkin, and he dropped it. Kelvin Benjamin is a tub of goo. Oh, well, ladies and gentlemen. When Josh Allen asked Kelvin Benjamin if he wanted to work, run some routes pregame to warm up, Kelvin Benjamin replied, no. Not a joke. This is not a joke. This That's part the, is not a joke anymore. That was a true story. That's a true ass story. We've been ripping on Kelvin Benjamin now for about 12 months. They shows up out of shape. Catches 50% of his footballs, doesn't create separation, eats a lot of cheeseburgers, talks with his mouthful. I can't believe I actually flip-flopped on this jerk because I hated him from the get-go. You hate him on the floor. You hated him. I did not like him one bit. Then he had like an okay year. Yep. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I was wrong about him. Sorry. No. Nope. I was right no. about him. Kind of like Devin Fenchess. We're like, oh, maybe we're wrong about Devin Funches. And now he's still like, he's just okay. Okay. We still were kind of wrong on Devin Funches because now he's like, okay. We thought he was going to be terrible. Yeah. So I guess we were kind of wrong on him. But Kelvin Benjamin, you were right on to Kelvin Benjamin. That dude blows donkey balls. <laughs> That's one way to put it. Yeah, it's a great way to put it. It is. And he eats that donkey afterwards, oh, walks God. around the big donkey belly. <laughs> terrible Kelvin Benjamin. So he's gone. So he's gone. Andre Holmes gone. They're kind of just like – Cutting the fat here a little bit. They're going young. They're going with their youth movement. Zay Jones, somebody who we loved mm -hmm. uh, a lot coming out, has really last um, these last couple of weeks has come on really strong. It's actually him and him and um, an undrafted rookie uh, receiver from um, Alabama, Robert Foster, who have both been coming on the past three weeks. Um, Zay Jones has had twelve catches, one hundred sixty yards, and three touchdowns. And um, Robert Foster's had eight catches, 256 yards, and a touchdown. So the, those two guys have really been kind of leading the charge there. Um, unfortunately, they've been a little bit inconsistent in their play. You well, know, you have Josh Allen there. Right, exactly. Young. So, I mean, Robert Foster in particular has been making huge plays, like big chunk yardage and stuff like that. Uh, whereas, He's a burner. Yeah, whereas Zay Jones, they, they complement each other well. They're both big They're both big uh, receivers, but Zay Jones, even going back to his college days, was a uh, more of I – don't, I don't want to call him a possession guy, but a high-volume um, target type of guy. I mean, there was that one – Good route runner. Good route runner. He had like 20 catches or something like that in a game. Uh, and, and Robert Foster is more of a downfield burner type of guy. So they, they really do – complement each other well and, and 
you know, as Josh Allen matures and, and starts playing a little bit better, the, the, they could both have some value down the road. So, I mean, if if Robert Foster is just sitting there on your waiver wire, I, I mean, by now he might not be because he's probably, you know, the, the past few weeks he's actually shown a little bit. But if he's out there, I mean, he's worth a stash for sure. He's one of these guys that is getting a shot here late in the year and, and producing a little bit. Well, Zay Jones is somebody we liked a lot. Yeah, out of oh, la- I, yeah, I love Zay. Out of just yeah. last year's rookie class, yep. so it wasn't like some again. People are too quick to give up on guys. You know, like people like they'll come. Oh, you had Zay Jones at the twelfth overall rookie that year. You guys are dumbasses. Like, dude, it's been eighteen months. You know, right. he's coming out of Eastern Carolina. Like, what do you? What, they're not just gonna make this jump and be sweet all of a sudden. Some people are like Cooper Cup can do that, but he's also in a better team with a better offense with better surroundings. Zay Jones went to a terrible place with a terrible situation, and right now things are getting a little bit better in Buffalo. Josh Allen has looked a lot better than I thought he would look, mm-hmm. a lot better this early. Yeah. He's shown a lot of progress. To me, he's shown me where he does have the capability to be a quarterback in the NFL. Like he, like if you ask me right now, like okay, Josh Rosen or Josh Allen for your dynasty team, I'd be like, yeah, well, give me Josh Allen. Like I love his mobility. I love the way he runs with the football. He's a Cam Newton kind of quarterback, right? Cam Newton finishes a top five quarterback every single year. And it's not because Cam Newton is the best thrower of the football, but he's really good with his legs. He's really good. Red he's zone. really good with his legs. He's, he's he gets extra yardage with his legs, and then obviously the 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 rushing touchdowns and stuff are huge, man. You know, Josh Allen had 130 yards last week. Yeah. That's the most – I think that's that's tie, that's top three rushing yards for a quarterback since like 2005, something like that. It's like a long-ass time. Yeah. So, to me, that whole Buffalo offense, when they have some cap money, they have some good draft capital as well, I think that is something that's going to be on the rise here. So, Zay Jones, if he can get a nice rapport with Josh Allen, is a real nice dynasty asset right now. Somebody that I would love to invest in. I would have – if you know, not right now with the playoffs going on, but if I can get somebody to bite on a late first next year, like I'm a contender, right? Mm-hmm. And I can use like some receiver depth, like a wide receiver three with some upside, I'd have no problem giving up a late first for Zay Jones at the end of this year. I mean, granted, these last couple of weeks can change that and make it that impossible. Make it hard, yeah. But if it doesn't, I'd have no problem giving up a late first for Zay Jones. This is. They invested him in him in a second round pick. He's there on his rookie contract. He's not going anywhere. He's going to get a good rapport. Now Buffalo, they let all the receivers go. But listen, even if he leaves, he could be the next Robert Woods. Could be, man. <laughs> so right now, real good situation out there. Kelvin Benjamin, see ya. More room for Zay Jones. I like what's going More room at the buffet. Yes. <laughs> Surprisingly, I, I, I crazy to say it, like I like right now some you know we talked about before like assets I don't want anything of I like some of this really going on right here like this co- this core corner, cornerstone for Buffalo like I love a sudden I like to have some Josh Allen shares I would love to have more Zay Jones shares I'm with you I mean obviously um they need to get a tight end in there and they need to get a new some fresh legs at the running back position but those are things that can come next year you know what i mean it's not like running backs way too easy to fill exactly um, running backs can almost be the last piece to, that they put in but i i mean if i was them i would i would prioritize getting a tight end in there that can you know a dual threat tight end that can block and catch passes like a Noah Fant like know. like a Noah Fant yes that'd yep. be pretty nice yeah that'd be a that'd be a great spot for him definitely be like a big athlete like that for Josh Allen to be a nice dump off guy and then you're humming well. you know what I mean you, mm-hmm. you you know you're getting some of these bigger wide receivers because 
I mean, obviously, Josh Allen has had some, you know, inconsistencies with his accuracy. So, I mean, having these guys that are all six six three and above with, you know, these big wind spans and stuff can help a guy that that's, you know, a little bit off target, make some make some catches and make the guy look better. Yeah, I remember some of the concern with Zay Jones, it would turn out, I think he was doing that injury, which is what we found out at the end of the year. Like, a lot of people were down to him because he was dropping a lot of balls. But then it turned out he was hurt. Right. I was not really having that problem because we didn't see that on tape either in not college. He didn't have that problem at all. at all. Yeah, the guy had a, a shoulder injury all last That's year, what it basically. Was. So, I mean, good luck raising your arms up to catch a bunch of passes with a shoulder injury. Yeah, so Zay Jones, I would put on this list. We were talking about some other guys who go out there and buy. Um, when it comes down to late-round value at the end of the year, I'm definitely giving up a late-round first for Zay Jones. I think, the, I think the arrow's point up there, and I think in – not even in 2019, but I think in right around 2020, if you're making that push for the, a really competitive year, I think Zay Jones could really be a good asset for that dynasty team. Um, moving on, we have C.J. Anderson signing in Oakland. Nothing really too crazy about. And then you have Deshaun Jackson uh, coming out today, tonight, saying that he's possibly going to miss the rest of the season with that thumb injury, which is good news for the Chris Godwin owners. He's something Matt, Matt I talked about last week on players that I wanted to buy low on. That I thought were really good value. You were too sick to be here. Mm. Uh, you know, Godwin comes in, five catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. And I said, hey, this guy's going to be the most expensive guy that I'm going to talk about tonight, Godwin. You're going to have to give up a pretty decent mid-first-round pick for him. Right. Yep. After last week, it just got even a little harder. You probably had to give up a top three pick for Chris Godwin. Right on. That might be a little bit That might be a little bit out of my ballpark, to be honest. Top three? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. Well, because the, the yeah, I agree only because the receivers that are coming out this year are all put, like these top four receivers that are coming out. When you got like Kelvin Bar Harmon, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, we're talking about potential number one receivers. That's here. what I mean because he's 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 a guy that's on a team that you know. Good luck passing um, Mike Evans to be the number one on that on that team. But Godwin's ha I, see, it's not about being a true number one on that. We're talking about fantasy football, so Godwin is actually. He's produced at a, you know over the last year when he's getting an opportunity when the guy Deshaun Jackson sits at a high level. We're right. talking like high end wide receiver two level, but at the same time, if you're going for ceiling, here's the thing: if you got into that top three pick, kind of a little bit fluky, you know what I mean? It was just like a rough year mm -hmm. for you, and you want to get ahead of the the game next year where Godwin's gonna be locked in as a number two receiver next year, and you want something to be produced right away. I'd have no problem going with that pick for Godwin. Top three. It's borderline. I'm with yeah. you there. I'm thinking more around four to six range is where I feel really good about that. I would feel a lot more comfortable, you know, five, six-ish area okay. so. personally. So um, I know this is something that we didn't really write down or discuss beforehand, but I did want to, um, I guess, just throw it out there and get your thoughts on the Mike McCarthy firing. I mean, that happened, like, right after the game. Like, they um, they sucked it up. They lost. Um, they Green Bay's really bad this year. Their offensive play calling is bad. Horrible. Um, I've so, watched a lot of Green Bay games, and a lot of decisions that he's made in-game to me have been very questionable. Like giving a 50-50 timeshare to Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams this past week? Yeah, that just just that alone. Too. Just, okay, his running back decision. Listen, again, I do a podcast. I told everybody Aaron Jones would be better than Jamal Williams two years ago. And Like, did his stubbornness and stupid – I mean, like, just stubbornness get him fired? Like <sighs> – I don't know, man. Or is he just that like bad of a? Because I I want to dig in a little bit because there's all these rumors that oh he's coming to Cleveland next. I pray I he does not come. Personally, here. don't want it. I here. pray that he doesn't come here. And then maybe it could be an Andy Reid kind of thing where he gets a little. You just need a new blood. But listen, the problem with me isn't just like it's his play calling. I don't like. 
Andy Reid, it never looked like the game passed him by. Yes. It looks like, to me, Mike McCarthy, the game has passed him by. Like, he's just like, he's he's stuck in his little dinosaur era where he just wants to run his little plays and he doesn't want to evolve. Andy Reid has always just kind of evolved and stayed with the times, and, and that's why he's a good coach. And I would I don't, hate. I, don't I would see hate that to get out, out of Mike. Uh, Mike McCarthy. Yeah. I'd literally rather yeah. keep Greg Williams in uh, Freddie Kitchen. So here. would I. And yeah. for me, if you're looking, yeah. if somebody's asking me my Browns wish list when it comes to quarter coaches, I want either Lincoln Riley or Josh McDaniels. That's who I want personally. I um, don't want to have anything to do with Josh McDaniels, but okay. Well, I do. All right. Yeah. I know. We'll, I know. I know he's. We'll disagree I, on that. One I know he's pulled some dick moves like with that Colts and whatnot. But like when it comes to a coaching, a coaching the actual NFL offense, like he does a really good job and he's pretty innovative. So, um, it, yeah. Is he? Yeah, he is. In Denver. What did he do in Denver when it was actually him and not like Bill Belichick telling him what to do? Uh, you have Tim Tebow. There's not much you could do with Tim Tebow. Which is again was his, he, he was young. He was a young man. <laughs> if we can forgive other people that are young men, All we right. can forgive. Josh McDaniels, but we have Baker Mayfield. So I'm it's all not good. on the Josh McDaniels bandwagon. But no, I don't want anything to do with Mike McCarthy at all. Uh, I think he'll get another head coaching job somewhere, and then I think he'll probably fail on that, and he'll just look like those coaches that get the second job. Um, I think that he did a good job with Aaron Rodgers, but again, he also had Aaron Rodgers. And he only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, only got to the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. To me, that's not good enough when you have one of the best quarterbacks of our generation. So, um, yeah, no bueno on Mike McCarthy. I'm with you there, man. Uh, and I can't wait to see. There's going to be a lot of coaching vacancies coming up here. There's going to be a lot. There's going to be some some heads getting axed here. Got to go. See yep. you when I see you. So that's it for us. I want to wish everybody, um, I hope everybody had a good time during their regular season. If you're out, remember, it's Dynasty. So even if you're losing, you're winning. Uh, we're just, just gets us one step closer to rookie tape. Uh, I think you and I are going to actually get, we're getting really close here to start diving into some tape, actually. It's uh, that time of year where, where, yep, it's time to start collecting some, you know, get my database. Like started. I have the, like right now I'm at the point where I have like the top names and I'm looking in some guys and right now I'm looking at measurables and stuff mm-hmm. like that because it's, and people, I, like when people ask me in season college football, like I don't have time to watch all these college games. I, I watch too much. I watch all the NFL stuff. So it's like, I, I do my study. Like I don't watch games. I'm like, oh, I watched this guy. He was sweet. No, I, I watch tape and that's how I find out people are sweet. And I think, I think that's why we've had such good success at what we do when it comes to these rookies as well is because we're not going off of like, Oh, just fandom and what we hear. We're not like, we literally, these guys come to us by the tape we watch. So it's not like, Oh, well everybody else knew this guy was really good in college. And that's why he's at the top of the rankings. We don't care about that. Like we just go off the tape. So I can't wait to get that to be a little bit more difficult this year with draft breakdown being down, but we'll find a way to get through it. We definitely will. Um, there's ways. So we have that coming up. We'll have some news coming down on the road about how we're going to do our rookie content. It's going to be a little bit different this year, um, but it'll be more in depth, I guess, is a good way to put it as well, uh, which which I know you think that would be more impossible to do, but we could do anything that we put our mind to. Anything is possible. So we'll be back next week. I hope everybody has a really great postseason. Wish everybody luck here. Hopefully we can move on, except for Matt, of course. Uh, we'll let you know how it goes next week. We'll uh, let you know how that matchup goes. I hope I beat him. He's at Dynasty Rich on Twitter. I am at Dynasty Matt on Twitter. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day. Make sure you jump on that Facebook group page. If your season's over, there's a lot of content on DynastyNerds.com and that Facebook group page. Again, there's so much to talk about on there. Over 3,000 members, polls, 
communication every single day. I was going to say, I think there's already some rookie content coming out, correct? We do have a rookie. Yeah, check out Dynasty. This is where you really want to check out DynastyNerds.com yeah. every single day because now, like, our writer, John DeMent, yeah. um, you got to follow him. His Twitter handle is at John, maybe at Dynasty John. Shit, I should know that. But Yeah, we should both know you that. Just go to Dynasty Nerds, check out his last article. It'll be on there. He's... When it comes to rookie content, nobody puts out more rookie content than John does. He's a fabulous writer uh, for us. I'm so glad he's a part of our site. Um, but he's yeah, he's, he just had something come out like Daryl Henderson out of, Me- out of Memphis. Out of Memphis, yeah. He's gonna start putting out this rookie content all the time. He's in, you're gonna know names when you go to DynastyNerds.com. So we're into it. This is it, right? We're yeah. gonna start getting into it. Um, and as you go out, just you know, just another draft pick. So we'll be back next week, guys. Good luck, except for Matt. Adios. Ready, set, put on. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. Make sure to check us out at DynastyNerds.com for up-to-date Dynasty insight. And follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Nerds.